Welcome to another issue or episode, I guess, with for Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. Been enjoying doing this. Especially enjoy the interview aspects. Uh, I'm actually here in Chicago. Uh, many of our sponsors are here. In fact, I'm sitting with uh, one of our star sponsors right now, Rob Veras. But before we get to Rob, a little shout out to some of the other sponsors who are a uh, hundred yards away. We've also got ComC, we've got uh, Beckett, which includes BGS and BAS. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the Beckett Marketplace today, perhaps, as well as Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, uh, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, talked to him uh, yesterday or the day before, as well as Panini and Tops and Upper Deck. I uh, saw some of those guys today as well. But in front of me today is my good friend Rob Veras, uh, Burbank Sports Cards. It's one of the wonders of the collecting world, and it keeps getting bigger and better. So, Rob, let's go back to the beginning. How did you get started in this hobby? And you've definitely turned it into an industry with your business instincts. But tell us about a little bit about your hobby journey. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my grandfather. Um, he was a collector, coins, stamps, mm. you know. And he was the one that got me on the um, on the collecting hunt. And that was really, coins and stamps were the big thing for me at first, trying to find wheat pennies and rolls of pennies and, you know, having the old Whitman folders and pushing the coins in. Those are my first memories of actually collecting something. Baseball cards was something that you did from the ice cream man during the summer. And that was, you know, something that you traded with the friends. Um, but I was much more of a coin and stamp collector early on. And that was growing up back in Boston. Well, well, did, that, did it skip your dad? It did skip my dad. dad. My dad's from Hungary, never really had a collecting background. Okay. It skipped a generation. I really got okay. it from my grandfather. And um, usually it's a father-son thing, but yeah. in this case it wasn't. But your dad is and has been involved in your business. I wouldn't be where I'm at today yeah. if it wasn't for my yeah. father. Well, he's an amazing guy. He's a force of nature, that guy. Yeah. But getting back to um, as a kid, and what happened was eventually um, we moved out to California, and I found a coin and stamp shop that I haunted during the summer, and I just loved it. And he offered me a job. And the first job, this was in 1979, I was 12 years old, and the first job was delivering flyers. And he'd give me about 5,000 flyers, and I had to take them home and fold them a certain way, and I was paid a penny for everyone I threw in a car and two cents for everything I threw onto a house. And it was a humble. Is this, is this honor system? It was honor system, you know, basically, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, so I found out right away that I need to find apartment complexes and preferably like really big apartment complexes. That's where the money was. And did that over the summer. And he asked me to come work behind the counter. And it involved, you know, stapling coins into two by twos, labeling them and actually dealing with customers. So at a very young age, I had exposure to dealing with adults in the collectibles field, both buying and selling, which was, you know, tremendous. And the big thing I remember was 1980. Again, I was 13 years old, and that was the gold and silver boom when yeah. things went absolutely well, berserk. Inflation. Was... And, you know, gold went to 800, yeah. silver went to 50. But the thing was the amount of money that was going back and forth in this business, people coming in with their silverware, people coming in with their teeth to crack out the gold fillings. And just the things I learned as a kid, it wasn't, it was like going to college because there is no school for this business. But I went through a PhD program of being in this at such a young age. And it, it's, it was are, huge are for me. Are sports cards in there at some point? Or were it's, you yes. just helping the guy with his, with his uh, coins? Sports cards came about 1981. I basically found my first price guide for sports cards. And maybe it was late 1980. And I was like, oh, my God. This, was, this whole new world just opened up to me. You know, I'm used to, you know, I'm used to uh, red books and uh, book, bookmans for stamps. And, and there's a price guide for cards. And I lost my mind being a sports fanatic. And Don, Don Osborne, the owner, allowed me to put a little baseball card section in there because he really liked me and he made 20% and I merchandised everything and um, everything was priced and they would sell the stuff when I was in school. But, you know, after school, Saturdays, summers, I was there 
and I was making quite a bit of money. So you were getting paid by the hour. You just were kind of like subleasing. I was getting. Or paid, were you getting paid? To I was help still him making at, at that point. I was making like two fifty an hour because I was still doing a lot for him. Okay. My my little card hustle was a very small part of the business. And um, your dad has a real strong work ethic. I know that. <laughs> my dad. So is that does. where that's coming from? Because most kids that are young like that don't. Yeah. Look for more work to do. They look for more uh, you know, recreation time. But yeah. this was fun, probably for this you. was. It, it's never been a job. I've been in this forty years, Jim. I've never worked a day in my life. It's the work ethic did come from my father. Um, he was a um, immigrant that was forced out of Hungary in 1956 and came to the country with nothing, no language, no money, and built a very successful business. And I saw how hard he worked, and that nothing came easy. And I was fortunate enough to be in something that I loved. And so putting the work in was never work. Twelve hours never. I never thought of it as twelve hours. I just thought of it as going to work for the day. And your dad was always approving. I mean, he yeah. thought this was. Uh... Uh, you know, a good thing for you to go into. Yeah, well, his he's thoughts, very opinionated. Well, yes, he does have a strong opinion, and he owned a business called Sandvale Engineering. Had 140 employees. Worked for JPL. Worked for LA School Unified. Heating, air conditioning, all that stuff. And his dream, just like my dream with my son, was for me to run his business. And he realized early on that I got his work ethic, but I did not get his skills when it came to doing mechanical contracting. And I just, I already had a passion built for something. And he, you God could, bless him, could he, recognize that. he recognized, not only did he recognize it, but at some point he actually gave me my first loan to put money towards the business and grow it. I took him to a card show, I'm going to say like 1986, 87, and he was behind the counter and he loved it. He loved the interactions. He couldn't <laughs> believe the money that was going back and forth. And, you know, I was doing it on a 18 year old's shoestring budget and he saw a scale and, you know, and he's always been my biggest supporter. But there weren't many people making a full-time living off the off the hobby, off the no, cards. This Back was, in the 70s, for sure, and even in the 80s. And yeah. they, they were some side gig people. For it was. Part. And for me, too. I was in school. I, you know, I was in college. I dropped out of college in 86. And from that point forward, I was fully vested and um, doing a tremendous amount of business and just loved the business. You're, you're known for your organizational skills of having so many cards and actually knowing where they are and knowing how to price them. Uh, did you bring that immediately to, uh, as you got started in this, were you always really well organized and looking for structure and yeah. all that? Because it was chaos back in those days It was from, in most stores. It was chaos, but I learned early on that a certain someone in Dallas had mastered the chaos and gotten their arms around it. And we modeled a lot of what we did based on Beckett's you know, principles, philosophies, and how their data all broke down. And the real telling point was, I always tell the story, is my mother started working with me as soon as I bought the business, I was 80, it was 89, I was 22. And she worked in there, she loved it, but the key was she wanted to be useful. And someone would call on the phone, do you have such and such? She wanted, she actually made it mandatory. And she pushed me quite a bit to make it where she could access the cards quickly and give a price over the phone. And so that was the real origin okay. of our organization was if my mother can figure it out, any employee I bring on board should be able to figure it out. Okay. Well, that's, that's, uh, when when people call and ask you that now and they say, do you have a certain card? Your answer is just yes, right? The answer is, well, the answer usually is yes, and the answer is just... The short answer is yes. The short answer is... You have 43 million cards? That we have, you've, oh, yeah, we have 43 million cards that are database. That are database. We have more. Um, so just, it's multiple copies. It's not we go deep. distinct. We yeah. go deep. We got, we got 2.55 million unique listings on both our website as well as eBay. So that pretty much, it dwarfs anything. Um, it's... But well, it's, we like to be very impressive. It's, you know, the bottom line is it's, you don't have to be the cheapest all the time, but you do need to have the selection, but not only the selection, it needs to be fresh and it needs to be fresh daily. And you need to have that selection to get people to free shipping. People want free shipping. And in this world, is your, was your store, it's your store started out as a store. Yeah. And then at some point it went to being 
more of like an office showroom or a you know a kind of a hybrid a hybrid and now it's moving back more to being a store it's or, or, been a, yeah. or equal parts. it's been a strange journey i mean retail i grew up in i couldn't imagine anything different because there wasn't anything different everything was face-to-face interaction and were you um, ahead of the curve I mean, we always try to be ahead of the curve you know to, to grasp the technology and to and to lead the category and um you know come 1996 ish um, that's when our first forays into um, online came, mostly as a marketing tool. There really wasn't anything that allowed us to put all of our cards onto a website per se. But basically, we got our marketing out there, um, and it wasn't that's pretty much. I mean, you were uh, a very strong impetus and encourager for uh, us, our company, Beckett Publications, to kind of get uh, get into the 21st century because. It's one thing for us to do some hypothetical programs or databasing things that are good for us for pricing cards and, and cataloging cards, but the real test is is in the marketplace. And you were visionary to say, if you could do this, I could I could take it and run with it. I can't take all the credit for that. I got a phone call from your vice president, and uh, Mark said, I have this idea, but before I pitch it to Jim, I want to make sure that you're on board. <laughs> so I can't take all the credit. And, of course, we were doing things. We were creating our own spreadsheets before that. We we, had a, we didn't have this exact saying, but you know it's famous that, that Jerry Maguire showed me the money. But for me, when when our guys had these great ideas, it was it wasn't show me the money. It was show me the show me the customer, <laughs> show me somebody uh, who's the customer, yeah. which is a, actually a Peter Drucker thing. So knowing who your customers, and so Mark uh, was was brilliant in so many ways. But he also had been more of a coin collector, yeah. so he wasn't so. And and coins are, I think, way less complicated than cards. Yes and no, because you have a foreign coin. Uh, it's okay. if you get into foreign, it, it could get very complicated. That's like cards. It's got you know eight to ten grades of everything. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's different, but it's a lot of it's the same. Yeah. What uh, in your uh, personal journey? It has to be gratifying for your son Ryan to be here with you, and he's really emerging and coming into his own. You know, is he? Yeah. He's not the same as you, but he's kind of taking a similar track. But he's bringing his own passions to it. You know, I I view him as Rob two point um, I think that you always want you want it to be a family business, and I wasn't sold on the fact that he really wanted it up until about four or five years ago. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's my exit strategy. I'm like, what happens if I drop dead, and there's no one in the family that yeah. wants it, and then it becomes what does it become? I mean, it's really hard to sell a business like mine. And the fact that he's not he's come on board, but not only come on board, but really taken it as his own. And I've told him, I told him two years ago, treat this like it's your own, and um, I'll guide you, but. There's been a passing of the torch. I've really seen the growth in his confidence just in the last year. But you mentioned that it's hard to sell a business. I don't think it'd be hard for you to sell your business. The harder thing is to run it. And you have all this inventory, but a lot of it comes through you and your expertise. So there's always going to be this. You couldn't just have a a, a corporate type uh, Fortune 500 to somebody with a fresh MBA to come in and do this. It's uh, you you really need to understand the industry, don't you think? I think it's even more than knowing the industry. It's having lived these products and knowing when they came out, knowing the difficulties, being able to recognize a really tough card from a really average card from a product 15 years ago. Right. And I got this database in my mind that is instantaneous. I can recognize damn near anything. Well, you're my inspiration. I mean, I, at the show, I go around, I'm really testing myself in that same way. When you're leafing through cards to, to recognize that to the to a person with less than 10,000 hours such as we have, uh, you're just going through cards. But when every 10th card is something that has something that's 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 just unusual and unusual to the point that it's the, the very the diff- more difficult variation 
and hence uh, quite a bit more. And if you don't, if you can't catch that, um, you know, it's the the real hobbyists generally get into it. I think. Yeah, I think either that. maybe just for their player, yeah. or their, the the sets they collect, or the or the, the uh, vintage uh, eras, uh, years that they collect. But it's 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 a hobby that can be really immersive. And there's actually, I can't imagine anybody that's immersed more than you have. <laughs> and so it's been a delight uh, working with you all these years, and even now having you as a sponsor and and getting to. Uh, get to know you and see your uh, your excellence and your expertise and your passion and drive uh, firsthand so thanks for sharing your story rob we'll we'll come back in a few days and and uh, uh talk some more thanks you got it